Well, we're going to look at this passage from Titus. So this is the time, if you've got your Bible there, to turn to Titus chapter 2, as we're going to be, uh, to be thinking about that. Now, I wanted to start by, by asking you about sermons, you know, what you think sermons are, are there for. Now, are sermons there to help us to feel, to feel good? Uh, are sermons just there for, for information? You know, are they, you know, do the, the, the vicar or whoever, the preacher, just stand up there and offload a bunch of information, you know, like a school lesson? Is that what they are for? Well, this, this passage in Titus is really talking about the content of teaching, um, about the content of what should be taught and about its, its motivation. I've already talked a bit about, about grace. And, and so this helps us to think this is what should be being taught in, in, our, in our churches by those who are, who are preaching. Um, as, as I said before as well in the previous, uh, previous couple of weeks, uh, this matters to, to the whole church, not just to, this isn't just for pastors, for vicars, whoever, but this is for the whole church because we all have a responsibility uh, in this area as we will see. So this is what Paul says, in saying to Titus, you, however, must teach what is appropriate to sound doctrine. So he starts out saying, you know, you must teach what's appropriate to sound doctrine. And what does he, he mean by that? And I think what he, what he means is not just sound doctrine itself, but what is uh, the, the way of life which is appropriate to sound doctrine. And I think you know, he goes on to talk about the way that we live our lives. So what he's saying to Titus is, don't just teach sound doctrine, you know, teach people how to live it out. Teach people how it actually should make a difference in their lives. And that's what we've seen as we've been going through Titus in Titus chapter one, that the gospel is not just an intellectual thing, but it makes a difference in our lives as well. It's something, it's knowledge which affects the way that we live. You know, the doctrine and the living go together. You might have heard about preachers talking about application before. An application, that's exactly what this is. You know, application is saying, this is how it actually makes a difference in your life. So it's not just the truth, it's the, the, the way that we need to change our lives in order to conform uh, to that truth. And that's what preachers uh, should be doing as well. Uh, teaching both of those things. Uh, and so, uh, so Paul, he instructs Titus in various different groups of people as to what kind of thing that should look like. So in verses two to five, he talks about older men and women. So he says, teach the older men to be uh, temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled and sound in faith, in love and in endurance. So teach the older men, he says, and to be to be sound in faith, um, so you know, to be, um, you know, to have that knowledge of the doctrine, the right, the Bible, and, and everything, as well as to be self-controlled, and you know, the other sort of thing. So, uh, the the living and the the believing go together in in his uh, in his mind. And the older women, it says, teach them to be to be reverent, uh, not to be slanderers. Teach what is good. It's interesting, he says to the older women, to teach the older women, to, to teach what is good. So the older, older women, and I think all of the, the older folk in the church, had the responsibility to teach the younger folk how to live a Christian 
life. You know, to set an example, uh, this isn't. This is one of the things actually, which where I think we don't often talk about this in in society. You know, I think we, it's um, you know, the idea that people who are older don't necessarily behave in you know more mature ways. And I see this sometimes, and I'm sure you've seen it as well. I remember having a friend who said that her her grandma, um, she was just quite rude to, to people and she knew that she could just get away with it because she was she was older and you know people wouldn't sort of call her out on that and I think that that is the case sometimes you know and actually that you know the, the point is that at every stage of our lives we should be seeking to do what is right and we should be you know seeking even to set an example to those who are younger who are less mature in faith you know, seek to be an example to to younger Christians rather than um, you know, just using age as an excuse to, to kind of um, to let go of it. Um, and um, it says in verse 5, Paul says, so that no one will malign the word of God. And, you know, what we've seen through through this this last few um, few weeks is that actually, you know, people people are watching. People are watching that people will notice if we say we believe one thing, but then do another thing, then people will notice. And we need to be people of integrity, as that's the word that we saw uh, last time, you know, people of integrity, people who uh, believe and act in line with that, uh, with that belief. And, you know, if people look and see, oh, he preaches about love and kindness, but he's actually quite unloving and unkind to people, then people will say, ah, oh, well, that the Christian faith is just a load of nonsense, isn't it? So we need to be people of, of integrity. And so then he, he moves on. He, he talks about young men and he talks about, about slaves, verses uh, 6 to 10. And he says um, that they must uh, uh, set an example, set them an example by doing what is good. And he talks about integrity as well, like we were just uh, thinking about. Uh, so that uh, those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us so he says you know teach them by your example and he's saying this to Titus uh, win people with your character saying your character is just as important you know that the gospel means nothing if it is not accompanied by a change of heart and a change of life you know that what we believe means nothing if it doesn't actually affect us in terms of our behavior and the way the way that we live and what we are trying to do, as he says, is to, uh, verse, verse 10, to make the teaching about God our Saviour attractive. So he's, you know, he's actually saying to slaves, look, just be, you know, be kind and be considerate of your, your masters. Uh, don't try to steal from them. Don't talk back to them uh, so that you'll make the gospel attractive. And, and this, is, um, this is the point, again, that people are watching, you know, that it... The gospel we believe is the best way to live. You know, God's ways are the best way to live. But and what we want to show people is that that's the exact people we want to the exact thing we want to show people with our lives. Now we want people to see that the gospel is the best way to live by the way that we live. Now when we live by the gospel, then you know, that should be something which attracts people and which people say, oh yes, I can I can uh, something I, I want for myself. 
you know, we want to make the teaching uh, attractive. And there's a book actually which was released, um, I think it's two or three years ago now, but it's called A Better Story by Glyn Harrison. And I've often, you know, it's really, I've come back to this quite a bit over the past few, few years, but you know, so often I think the church says to people, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, you know, definitely don't do that. And, you know, the, the Bible does have commands, you know, thou shalt not murder and commit adultery. The Bible does have those commands, of course. We should, we should say those things. At the same time, we also need to show the goodness of God's commands. You know, we need to show how good it is to obey God. Um, you know, thinking about Psalm 19, for example, how God's commands are sweeter than honey. And we need to show people that as well as the preaching of thou shalt not. We need to preach the goodness and the rightness of God's ways. So I think that's what Paul is, is talking about here. So he says in verse 11, 4, uh, and this is an explanation now. He's giving us the explanation of, of the motivation for, for behaving in this way. He says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. So grace is the motivation for the change of, of heart, for the change of, of character, for living in, in God's ways. Grace is in the engine room of our, of our obedience. It teaches us to say uh, no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live uh, self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. So grace is our teacher. Grace teaches us. So Paul is talking to... Uh, telling Titus to teach and uh, Titus is in the mentions to the older women to teach and then uh, Paul says grace teaches and I think this is really that the heart of it grace when it's taught properly grace teaches us to obey and to live lives of obedience to, to God I will think more about that in just a second um, and then um, Paul says, uh, looks to the future, he says, while we wait for this blessed hope, um, who gave himself, uh, Jesus Christ, who gave himself to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify himself, a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So when we look ahead to the future, our future hope, that is the basis of our confidence and the basis of our motivation. Now looking ahead and saying, you know, one day we will be perfect. One day we will be free from sin. It's not that day yet, but one day it will be the case. And that you know, what we need to do is make ourselves ready to purify ourselves now so that we are, you know, we are ready for that day. You know, we can't, um, you know, if, if that day has no sin, then we can't continue to enjoy and live in sin. You know, that we need to, to seek to purify ourselves, even if we know that that's, you know, we'll never be free of sin in this lifetime. Uh, we seek to, to belong to that place which is coming. And uh, Paul, he, he finishes this, um, this little uh, uh, section here. These are the things you should teach, going back to teaching again, and encouraging and rebuking with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. So again, thinking about his character, his teaching and his character. And uh, he mentions the authority there, you know, saying that actually you know, Titus's authority comes from the apostles, from, from his teaching the apostolic message that is the authority of of you know people who lead churches you know pastors vicars what you want to call them 
That is the authority that they have from the word of God, the kind of spiritual authority to be able to teach uh, sound doctrine and lead people in, uh, in the right ways. So let's uh, draw, some, uh, draw some threads together as we come to, uh, to a close of our, uh, of our time together. Only grace can change us from the inside out. That's really, really important. And we were thinking about grace. You know, only grace is, is able to change us. And the, the people that we were thinking about in the last session, uh, last week, they were uh, teaching that you, know, you had to be circumcised or you had to obey all of, the, all of the laws in order to purify yourself for God. But Paul says, no, no, grace, te- no, grace comes first and then grace teaches us to obey. But we have to have the grace first. We have to have things in that order. And he's also not saying that, you know, grace means that we forget about obedience, but saying that the the two things go together. Grace comes first and then comes our hearts to God and our obedience of him. And that's why it's so important to to major on on grace and understanding the grace of God, knowing our sins to be truly forgiven by him. Because that's the only thing that will give us uh, love for God, that will help us to, you know, to really want to, to serve him. I think it's a challenge for, for pastors, you know, because uh, you know, being able to, to hold out this message is, is a difficult thing to do. And to be able to live it as well, and to have that integrity of life is difficult. So please do pray for those who preach and teach, uh, not just people like Mark and myself, but all those across across our church family who are responsible for teaching the faith um, for children as well. You know, think about people like Rachel and, and Hannah uh, as well and, and Anne-Marie, of course, and others. Uh, I think as well, there's a challenge in there to be examples. We were thinking about being examples. Now, one of the things I really like, and um, I won't embarrass her by, by naming her, but there is a um, someone in our, in our congregation, an old lady, who who does make a point of talking to younger, well, particularly the younger women and, um, you know, the teenagers and uh, sort of befriending them, helping them. And I think, you know, that's a really, really good, uh, good thing, you know, to not just talk with people our own age, but talk with a wider, a wider group and, you know, to seek to be a mentor, perhaps an example. I was just reading something actually um, just this last week about how um, I can hear a knocking on my door. I'll come back in a second. I, I was just reading something this last week about um, adolescence and about how adolescence can be a spiritual kill zone. So uh, I think that's one thing which is really uh, important that um, you know we need uh, t- teenagers need mentors and need people to show them the faith and show them to give them the example. I can hear a banging on my door. I think that's Zoe. Will you excuse me for one moment and I'll come back and I'll just finish off. So we're just finishing, yes. So, uh, and just thinking about how we can engage in a blameless way as well. You know, thinking about um, how we can be an example and how we can, um, how we can engage others to commend the gospel because people are watching. And I think this is very hard uh, to do, but I think especially online as well, and we've all been talking about online things over the last few um, few months, of course. But social media and online engagement, I think it's much harder actually to commend the gospel in some ways because, you know, people can have very strong opinions and strong disagreements. 
and um, it's something which I'm you know constantly thinking about uh, as well so um, yeah so let's pray that God in every way would would make us uh, by his grace would make us uh, would purify us and make us eager to do what is good and would help us to uh, to seek uh, what is right